Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We've been looking at the whole issue of disappointment when giving up seems to be the only option. We've been looking specifically at the whole issue of being disappointed with God. And we've looked at that issue. We've looked at being disappointed with the church. Last week we looked at the issue of being disappointed with prayer. But we're going to take it one step further because sometimes the disappointment that you feel where you're ready to chuck the whole Christianity thing, where you're ready to just say adios to the whole issue of whether or not I believe in God or not, really has more to do not so much with prayer and your disappointment there, not so much with the church, and maybe even not so much with God in a, in a direct way, but it has more to do with you. The person that you're disappointed with is you. Because you're trying to live the Christian life, and it's just big failure. It's a big struggle. It seems like the things you know you should be doing you're not doing. And the things that you don't want to do, you're doing. And, and, and it's just like an eternal struggle. You come to church, you sing the songs, but you sing them half-heartedly. You sit down and you hear the message, but you're defeated. Like, is this for me? How can God bless me because of me? And so you might be here and you're ready to toss it in. You're hoping for something better, but it just doesn't seem to be there. I think a lot of us can relate to that. Because all of us have, whether you realize it or not, you can write this down, all of us have a war going on inside of us. All of us have a war going on inside of us. There is an eternal struggle that happens within us. The problem is that we, we suffer with silent shame. We struggle with a silent shame about ourselves. Here's a couple of things I want you to see about that. We find it hard to cope with our continual failures. We find it hard to cope with our continual failures. Because here's the reality. If you look at your Christian life, and if I were to say to you just silently right now, what's the one thing that you struggle with in your, in your Christian life? I could almost guarantee you the thing that you're struggling with right now has more to do with an action or an attitude on your part that you're not pleased with, that you wish you could overcome. It's a sin issue that you're struggling with, and it's been haunting you. And what it is is that this silent shame that we carry is, is like we know, we don't talk about it with anybody. We hope nobody else knows about it. It's our own private thing. It's the skeleton in the closet. And we find it hard, let's just be honest with ourselves, we find it hard to, con- to cope with it, with our continual failures. Because it seems like when we think we might be doing okay, boom, we are in it again. We're struggling. We're, we're just really don't know how to deal with it. And you can actually get to the point, listen to me, you can actually get to the point where how much longer do I need to put up with this? Is there no victory? 
Because you hear, I mean, in church you hear about victory. We, you know, we, when, we, when you sing from the hymn book, you say, Victory in Jesus. You know what I'm saying? And you hear about victory. And, and you're like, my life is anything but victories. It's the same old failure over and over and over and over again. And here's the other thing about it. Here's the other aspect of the silent shame. Because we, we find it hard to cope with our continual failures, here's the other thing. We struggle with a perceived unacceptance. We struggle with a perceived unacceptance. What do I mean by that? Well, when you are struggling with continual failure, because of the way that we have been taught, the way that we have been brought up, from we little on, our acceptance with people is based upon whether or not we're doing right. Do you remember? Oh, little Jimmy, you're doing good. Let's go get an ice cream. Little Jimmy, you're not doing good. Go to your room, and I'll take the TV and the Wii and the computer from you. Isn't that what we teach? Now, we transfer that over into our relationship with God. So when you're continually struggling and you're continually failing, you begin to have this perception, this, this issue of perceiving, he doesn't accept me anymore. God can't accept me. God can't love me. And here's the problem. The, the problem is, is that you know, when we come to church, you can't talk about it. Because when you come to church, everybody in church is supposed to have what? Their act together. Right? We're supposed to be having victory. And, and, and you've never heard anybody say, okay, who would I, we're having sharing time now. We're going to have praise time now. Uh, who would I like to share? You've never heard anybody get up and say, you know, my life is a mess. I'm continually messing up. And right now, I just feel like God's rejecting me. You never hear that, do you? But it's there. It's there a whole lot more than we realize. It's the silent shame. It's the struggle that we're facing. Now, here's the thing I want to I want to I want to talk about it today because the reality is is that you can get to that place and you can get to the place where you're just ready to chuck it all. You're ready to say, you know what? Why am I wasting my time? I could have slept in this morning, and you're ready to chuck it in. Here's what I want you to see: what you're going through is normal. This is normal. The struggle is normal. I already told you everybody has a struggle. It's normal. In fact, I would dare say to you, you may want to listen to me, I would dare say to you that if you do not have this struggle in your life right now, if you do not have this struggle in your life right now, I would question where you're really at. And you say, oh, what do you mean, George? Because what you're dealing with is the, all a part of the part of being a Christian today in this world. And because when I read Romans 7, and we're getting ready to read Romans 7, I'm going to come across an apostle who expresses that he's struggling the same way. And if the apostle Paul who wrote, are you listening to me, wrote half of the New Testament and influenced the writers of maybe three other books in the New Testament, if he it's getting ready to express what we're going to see here in a moment. Then, folks, it's normal. And if you're not undergoing that, I've questioned something there. So let's look. So first of all, let's look at it. We're going to look at 
really, we're going to look at chapter 7. We're going to look at verse 14 through 25. And let's look at those verses together. The Apostle Paul writes, For I know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For what I will to do, I do not practice. But what I hate, I do. If then, if I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law that it is good. But now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present with me, but how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good that I will to do, I do not do it. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. Now if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin who dwells in me. I find in the law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. We're going to basically take this section here and divide it into two parts. We're going to see, first of all, in verses 14 through 20, we're going to see the struggle. We're going to talk about the struggle the apostles having here. And the reality is it's the struggle that we're having. And then we're going to see the hope. Because, folks, the reality is, is that if you're not disappointed with yourself, if you're not disappointed with where you are, something's wrong. Because the reality is, for all of us here, we have an internal war going on with us between knowing what we want to do, which is right, and ending up doing what we don't want to do, which is wrong. And if we're going to be real, let's just acknowledge it. So let's look at the struggle here. First of all, first point I want you to see is, is that we recognize that God's Word is true. See, that's not the issue. Look with what the Apostle says. The Apostle says, For we know that the law is spiritual. The issue isn't that you don't have a clue about what right is. If you've studied God's Word at all at any point, something is going to be communicated to you that says to you what is right and what is wrong. You know it. So when you're wrestling with doing the wrong thing, it's not because you don't know what right and wrong is. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's not like you don't know that you're doing wrong. I mean, yeah, there's some people who do wrong and they have no clue. But here you are, you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and you're wrestling, you've got this war going on inside of you, and you're doing stuff that you know that you shouldn't be doing. It's not like you're not aware of it. The reality is, is that we recognize God's Word is true. We recognize it. We, we already know that. We sense it. So there's no discussion there. We already know that. But here's what we see. We still live in a corrupted body. You still live in a corrupted body. See, here's, it would be wonderful if the moment you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, the moment you got saved, 
that, you know, you, you were transformed, you became a new creature. You know, the Bible says that, right? But that has to do with regards to the spirit of who you are. But did you notice that when you got saved, you still are in that old body? Or that young old body, if you looked at the mirror and you were young? Did you notice that? Your color, your eye color was still the same? It, it didn't change. Your body didn't change. Did you notice that? It didn't become the perfect body that you wanted. Because it still had the same old desires, the same old cravings. And what you find with your body is this, that those desires and those cravings are what? Corrupted. They're tainted by sin. Well, here's the thing. Before I got saved, I trained my body in 19 years of sinning. It was trained in sinning. Some of you, that was less. Some of you, it's more. And you know what? You continue to train it in sinning, do you not? And sometimes your body speaks to you, doesn't it? It will tell you things. Did you know what I'm saying? And look, Walmart knows that it speaks to you. How do we know that? Well, have you noticed when you check out that all the candy bars are right there? Have you noticed that? I mean, it's not just one type of candy bar. There's like 50 types of candy bars there. And all the chips and stuff. Why do they do that? Because they know your body talks to you. Do you know what I'm saying? Isn't that true? If your body didn't talk to you, they wouldn't have those things there, would they? Have you noticed they don't have dietary things there, low-fat, no-sugar stuff there? Have you noticed that? Because that stuff doesn't talk to you. So your body talks to you. Because your body is corrupted. And that's the point. Because look at what it says there in 14. For I know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. The word carnal means to be fleshy, to be worldly. What does it say there? For I am carnal, sold under what? Sold under sin. Given over to a problem. Sin. Hey, you know what? We like to pride ourselves and to say that we don't have... Some of us don't have addiction issues. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I want you to write this down. We are all addicted to sin. Every single one of you. You're all addicted to sin. Your body craves sin. Your body craves it. And so then he goes on in verses 15 through 20, and so he describes the struggle that's going on there. Just notice with me. Let's look through these verses here quickly with me. Notice what he says, verse 15. For what I am doing... I do not understand. For what I will to do, notice what I want to do, the good that I want to do, notice what he says there, I do not practice. But what I hate, I do. Let's go on there. He says, what then? If I do, not, if I do what I will not to do, I agree with the law and that the law is good. But it's no, longer, it's no longer me that does it, but sin who dwells in me. Verse 18, for I know that in me nothing good dwells. Look at verse 19. For the good that I will to do, I do not. But the evil that I will not to do, that I practice. What's going on here? The struggle within is brutal. It's brutal. Every one of us engages in this struggle. Now some, it's even more intense than others. For somebody, and it's a literal addiction issue, maybe to alcohol or to food, or, or maybe it's, it's an addiction issue to something else, it is brutal. But the reality is, is we all struggle with sin. So in your area of sin, your habitual sin that you're given to, there's a wrestling match that goes on within your heart and in your mind. I know I shouldn't do this. 
I know I shouldn't do this. I'm not going to do this today. God help me today. I woke up in the morning. God help me today. I'm not going to do this today, Lord. Give me the strength not to do this. And when you go to bed that night, God forgive me, I did it. God, I didn't just do it one time. I did it several times. Why did I do it, Lord? How come I couldn't do what you wanted? And, and it's the and then what? What happens? You go to bed. You wake up the next morning. It's a new day, Lord. I'm not going to do it. The struggle within is brutal. It's brutal. And notice something. The words I just read to you, those aren't George's words. Those are the words of the apostle. The battle was real within him too. Can we not relate? I mean, think about that for a moment. Here's what we like to do. We like to read the Bible, and we like to read about Moses, and we like to read about Abraham, and we like to read about Jacob, and Joseph, and David, and, and Paul, and Peter, and John, and we like to put those guys way up here on a pedestal. Those are super believers, super Christian. They have super faith. Don't we do that? Yeah, but the Bible, if you really read the Bible, it brings you back down to reality. And here we are, we're talking about super Paul. But here's the reality about Paul. He struggles just like you and I. And it's brutal. He's describing something as brutal. Look at, I mean, look at the choice of words he uses. He says this, That which I hate, I do. I mean, hate's a pretty strong word, isn't it? Do you think he was struggling with something? Here's the other thing I want you to see. Our best intentions fail. Our best intentions fail. I mean, he says it right in the passage. That which I want to do, what? I don't do. I don't do it. I, I mean, I know I need to do it, but I don't do it. Our best intentions fail. Period, folks. That's true for every one of us here. Not anyone here can look at anyone else and say, Wow! Wonder why they did that? Because they're like you. No, they're not. Yeah, they are. That happens to be their issue. What's yours? Do you see what I'm saying? That happens to be their issue. What's yours? The struggle is normal. The issues are different. The issues are different. The struggle is normal. We all struggle with it. The issue is what's different. So you say, okay, wow, George, wow. I mean, yeah, I'm disappointed with myself. I am ready to, to, to just throw in the towel, but man, you are, you're depressing me. I mean, you make me even want to throw in a towel even more now because you're like saying to me, you just basically showed me from the Bible that there's there's no hope. I mean, I'm going to act this way, and I don't want to be this way. I'm, I'm going to fail, and the things that I want to do, that's right, I can't do. And This is exhausting, George. Let's just chuck it in. Let's, everybody come in, let's sing a song. Kumbaya, let's go home. No, I want you to understand something. Paul doesn't give us that picture here. He gives us a hope. Verse 21 through 25, he's going to give us a hope here. He's going to speak to us and give us a hope in the midst of our disappointment, in the midst of the struggle that we're all in. And, I, and this is where I want to spend the rest of my time, and hopefully I can gather you, your thoughts here. Look with me, verse 21. He says this, I find then a law 
that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of the God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Look what he says. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's the two things. We are desperate for deliverance. We're desperate for deliverance. I mean, if you're real, if you know Jesus, I'm going to be honest with you, as you're facing that struggle, as you're wrestling with that, and as it's the eternal war that's going on in you, if something doesn't cry out from within you, I need something different, I want something different, there has to be victory, i got to be able to overcome this somehow, God, I need deliverance, then there's something wrong with you. I mean, if you're okay living the way you're living, there's something wrong. But if there's not something within you that cries out and says, God, I need something more. You know, I'll just be, be personable with you for a moment. You know, I really long for heaven, but it isn't for streets of gold. It isn't for mansions. It isn't so all my questions get answered. You know why I long for heaven? I get rid of this body and I quit sinning. Man, do you know what I mean? To be able to have a mind that's free from sinful thoughts. To be able to have a mind that's free from the war that goes on within us. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Have you ever thought about heaven that way? I think about that all the time. To have the accusation and the lies end that the enemy would throw at us. To be free, to have peace. Perfect peace for the first time ever in our lives. Have you noticed that? We are desperate for deliverance. In fact, look at what the Apostle Paul says. Look at verse 24. You can't get any more. Look at the desperation. Oh, wretched man that I am. I mean, he's, he's, I mean here he is. Here's the Apostle. He's calling himself a wretch. Oh, wretched. Oh, wicked man that I am. Look at what he says. Who will deliver me? From this body of death. He's desperate for deliverance. He's desperate. But here's the hope. Our hope is Jesus Christ. Yeah, the war is real. Yeah, it goes on. Yeah, you're going to fail. But you got something, folks. you got a hope. That's Jesus. Because here's the thing. Let's go back. Let's talk about it. Let's go back. Remember that silent shame? We're frustrated with what? We're, we're frustrated. We can't cope with what? Our continual what? Failures. What else did I say there? Remember what I said to you? That not only do we can't cope with our continual failures, we struggle with a perceived unacceptance. All of that, can I be honest with you, is because we have not grasped the reality of what Jesus has done for us. What do you mean, George? The reality is is that if you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Savior, He forgives. And He continues to forgive. How do I know that? Well, I'm going to go over to 1 John, 1 John chapter 2. 
the writer John says, My little children, I write unto you that you sin not. So, oh, there he goes. He's telling me not to sin. Yeah, but look what he says there. He says that you sin not. But if you sin, you have an advocate. Jesus Christ, who is what? The propitiation for our sins. Now, what in the world does that word mean? Propitiation. That's not like something you're using every day at work. Hey, what's, what's the propitiation for your life this week? What, what does that mean? Wrath satisfier. He satisfies the wrath of God. But see, Jesus is our propitiation, folks. He's our propitiation. He's our hope. Yes, I'm going to mess up. Yes, I'm going to struggle. Yes, I'm going to fail. Yes, it's frustrating. Yes, there's the battle going on. Oh, I want deliverance. But you've been delivered. Jesus. Jesus. You know, I, I share this all the time. Man, Psalm 37. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and though he yet stumble. Folks, you are going to stumble. He will not be utterly cast down for what the Lord upholds him with his hands. God's aware. Folks, when he died on the cross for you and he died for your sins, do you think he was not aware that as long as you were in the human body that you were going to sin again? Yeah, he knew that. That's why he paid the price once and for all for our sin. Isn't that awesome? See, that's our hope. So there you are, you're struggling. There you are, you're disappointed with yourself. And yeah, it is disappointing. But your acceptance with God has nothing to do with you. It has to do with Jesus. Isn't that great? It has to do with Jesus. You say, okay, George, how, how, do, we, uh, how do we apply this? Well, here's, here's one thought for you. First of all, ask yourself this question. Are you disappointed with yourself? Spiritually, are you disappointed with yourself? I'm not talking about whether or not you're disappointed that you didn't make, you didn't win, you know, something, or you didn't, you know, you didn't do this or you didn't do that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about are you disappointed as for who you are as a person, where you are right now, the reality of life, the struggle that's going on within you. Are you disappointed? I, I'm going to be honest with you. If you are, that's good. You need to be. If you're not, we got a problem. Do you know what I mean? Because you should be disappointed with yourself. You should be because you're recognizing in your life that things aren't right with you and that you need a Savior. That's really the first step, isn't it? Recognizing what? That you're not God. That your life is unmanageable. And that you need Him. So are you, are you disappointed with yourself? Hopefully you answered yes to that one. Here's the other one. Are you losing the battle within? That's a serious question. Because the battle's in all of us. The question is, are you losing it? Are you losing the battle within? Then, and then you need to go to him and you need to cry out in desperation, God, I, I, I need you. I need victory. I, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me? Are you losing that battle? That's when you really need to get on your knees before God and cry out to Him for help. Are you losing the battle within? And then, here's what you need to do. Here's our action point. Recognize and embrace the grace of Jesus Christ. Recognize it. It's not about you. It's not about you. 
It's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.